What's up, Nubians? Welcome to Tech Nubians, part of the Geekish Network. This is your weekly deep dive into video games steeped in blackness. With me, I have our man with a million plans, Chuck. What's up, everyone? Our producer, Sleuther, and deducer, Shanae. Hey, folks. Our marksman engineer, Leon. What's up, people? And you know we got Travis. <laughs> and i'm sheree i'm your host for those of you who don't know tech nubians is a weekly video game live stream and po- live stream and podcast hosted by black technology professionals we'll discuss the what when and how you can get into this world of technology specifically video games and we're here to inspire sustain and nurture successful creative technologists in the pursuit of black excellence and content development so you know, we usually kick things off here with the news and then a long topic. So we're going to follow that same format this week. This week, we are talking about the mobile industry and is free to play really free? You know, before we get into this, you know, we're going to talk about some tech and gaming news. We're going to have our segment, which is, do you have X money? And of course, I said, we're talking about mobile, the mobile industry. So it's like, do you have mobile industry money? Do you have free to play money? That's what we're going to be talking about today. But let's kick things off. Let's get into our news segment, Tech Newsians. All right. So I'm, I've got an article here I just want to talk a little bit about. This is about um, right to repair. So this has been something that's kind of like, it, there have been a lot of advocate, a lot of advocacy for this for, for a while, right? You know, if you, you might be familiar with this or maybe not, I don't know, but like anytime you might have some kind of piece of technology that breaks down, and you can't go and fix it yourself. You have to like send it to send it back to the manufacturer. Um, so like for instance, you know, if your switch breaks or if your I don't know whatever other your DS, I'm gonna stay with Nintendo products. <laughs> you usually like there's usually not an easy way for you to just go in and be able to fix it yourself by buying specific parts and maybe finding a YouTube video. Unless you, without voiding the warranty. Without voiding your warranty, you usually have to go back and send you know send this back to the manufacturer for somewhere two to six weeks, and then hopefully you get your device back and it's fixed. And it may be a, there may be a cost associated with that as well. Save data. Yeah. and the ftc has now voted to pursue policies that'll make it easier to let consumers repair their own things because this has kind of been seen as its own kind of monopoly in a sense where you cannot repair your own things you have to send it back to the manufacturer so i thought this was kind of interesting and obviously a really big um victory for right to repair advocates i wanted to see what folks thoughts were on this so I'm a, uh, there's one of the engineers here, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of, of right to repair, and I think it's really important. So um, one of the side effects that we've seen as technology uh, becomes more integrated with online services is that manufacturers are putting in more controls so that they can control the repair side. Uh, and the, the big one I got to pick on here is Apple. Apple is, is absolutely notorious for this. Yes. You know, as, as an example, you know, on the iPhones, when they used to have the button here, uh, the button was a simple repair, right? A button was like a $2 repair. Almost anyone could do it. Then they started changing the buttons or changing the phones so that the phone would detect a non kind of Apple supplied button and then the button wouldn't work. Your phone would be bricked, right? So they took this something that was just kind of a repair at the corner store and then it made you go into the Apple store. Now, the other piece of this is, is they're notorious for charging people absurd amounts of money. There was a story, I think it was CBS, maybe a year or two ago, where they took a laptop into the Apple store and the Apple store said, oh, the motherboard's broken. 
it'll be a thousand dollars to repair this computer. Like you got to replace the logic board, right? Like it's always, you got to replace the logic board and, you know, or you could just buy a new one or 1100, you should buy a new one. So then yeah. they took it to a guy in uh, New York city, who's famous for pushing this. I can't remember his name. He's famous for pushing this right to repair movement. And he went and took a pair of pliers, bit one little wire, plugged it in and the Mac started up just fine. And they asked him, how much would you charge for that? He was like, for that, nothing, nothing. right? If they wanted to buy the cable, I charge them $75 to get a new cable, but usually bending the pliers will last, the, you know, bending a wire will last the life of the computer. So it's, it's really important that we have this. And, and you think about automobiles is another place uh, where, you know, you think about the corner mechanic, you know, nobody likes to go to the dealer if you're out of warranty because the dealer kills you. So this, this, yeah. this, this is an important effort. <laughs> no, I completely agree with, with everything that, um, everything that Leon was saying, like, uh, you know, I have a, a number of little eye devices <laughs> in my life and stuff right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to, so I have a computer science degree as well. I used to build my own computers. I used to tinker around with stuff. There was a point in my life where I said, you know what, I'm tired of tinkering. I'm just going to buy an <laughs> Apple device. <laughs> and they got me in the ecosystem. And I got an, I got an iPhone and then I got an iPad and I haven't uh, no, I have a freaking um, uh, Apple TV and a Mac. I'm talking to you guys right now on a MacBook. And uh, my my computer science degree is so mad at me right now because <laughs> because like I've gotten into that ecosystem and I got, it, it, it's, it, their customer service is really, really good. If you guys like, uh, I don't know how many times like either me or my friends have like been, something's wrong with this. You go into the Apple store and yes, there are those horror stories where they'll charge you a thousand dollars. And there's also those like, Things where they're like, yeah, you just want a new one. And you're like, I can get a new one. They're like, yeah, here's a new one. Just you get, here you go. And that's a great way to sort of get people on your side with this and not realize what you're losing. Because I'll walk into the Apple store with a problem. They give me a new thousand dollar phone and I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Didn't have to repair anything. They just gave me a brand new one. Yeah. And then suddenly you just don't even think about the fact that like, I should be able to repair a lot of these things. And I used to repair a lot of these things. And also incidentally, when we start talking about like the broader concept of like disposable technology and how many of these iPhones are probably and other devices that are probably sitting in landfills like there's bigger there's bigger implications to our inability to repair things as well yep very very true I mean I will say like when the, you know the switch came out and they had like the that everyone had that issue with like the left joy-con like the drift and everything like that and Nintendo was like, we'll repair it for you for free. I never sent mine in because I didn't want to be without my Joy-Con. And people said, like, when they would go in, and they, they said it's a really simple fix, you know? Like, people were fixing it with, like, a little tiny piece of cardboard or whatever, and they said it takes, like, you know, only a few moments. And I'm like, I don't want to wait, like, six weeks with and be without my Joy-Con for that. So... <laughs> I, said, I don't want to wait, and in my head, immediately I heard, for this life, yeah. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was going to. Speaking as a third person who, you know, who's in the comp sci area, um, I, I sort of land, you know, somewhere in the middle here. Um, you know, Sinead, I feel your pain, right? Like, I, I have PCs and, and, and Macs. I don't even know how many computers I have in my house, actually. I mean, it's over six, but... Um, at, at some point, you just want to be effective and, 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 and you don't want to like worry about your IRQs or where does this driver come from and, and, and so on and so forth, right? You just want to be effective. <laughs> um, the real genius, and, the genius bar is, is taking all of that stuff out and saying, we don't, we're not even going to troubleshoot your machine. Right. Here's a new one. Here you and go. I've, and, and I've been, I've been uh, 
on the receiving end of great Apple customer service, um, you know, actually to the point of coaching, um, you know, like I have brought in uh, an iPhone before and someone said, you know, well, one of the Mac people said, well, what happened? And I told him and he said, no, that's not what happened. What really happened is you don't know what happened. <laughs> and give me this phone. And I said, yeah, I don't know what happened. It just stopped working, right? So, so you know, I, I, I get it. And, and, and I think that um, we're in this weird space. We're, we're, we're in this weird space where once upon a time when you got a tool, um, you could use it independently of anything else, right? And now most tools, even things as innocuous as like a toothbrush now need to be paired with some sort of service um, that you have no control over, right? And so it's not just that you have a piece of equipment, but that equipment helps you interface with some larger ecosystem that, yeah, you do have to play by the rules in order to enjoy both of, uh, you know, the, the, the service. So I see where, you know, the confusion comes in and, 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 and I seem to say this every week, but it's, it's, it's true. This new landscape that we're in, means they're different rules, right? And so which one of these rules um, are, are, are sort of part of this new sort of digital landscape and, 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 and what parts are not? And those are things that we're gonna have to fight over. Yep. There's no other, there's, there's no other, you know, uh, and, 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 and come out somewhere in the middle, I think is what's gonna end up happening in the long run. Yeah. I, I, I think Shanae made a really important comment on, on landfills and, and e-waste uh, and one thing that we should be aware of. And one of the problems that we have today is that all our devices in, in, the, in an effort to chase the thinnest device possible, uh, batteries are now literally cemented to motherboards and, and mm -hmm. can't be easily replaced. And, and one of the things that comes to mind is when I first moved to the Detroit area, I saw a kid and the kid was playing a Game Boy. And I mean the word Game Boy. The original, like two color, right. old school thing. And at first I was like, oh my God, that kid's running with crap technology. But then I thought about it for a minute. And because that Game Boy ran on double A batteries that are replaceable, that machine has infinite longevity. <laughs> so it is it's important for us to think about that as we're designing products. Like, why are we using some proprietary battery that once we stop manufacturing it, no one will ever be able to repair that device. And, and using common standards like common rechargeables and things like that help mitigate that and help to keep us from just you know destroying destroying the environment. And, and just as an aside, Game Boys will live forever. I remember so many, so many stories about someone like, man, my house burnt down, but the Game Boy, look at this, it's melted. Right. It still works. You can still repair that thing. It'll work for well, that well, we, phone. We get underneath it. As the fire was coming, we all stayed under the Game Boy yeah. and that kept my, my first iPhone, game. Like if if you brush against it the wrong way, the screen just shatters, and you're just like, "Wow, okay, wow." But the the first game I ever did as a as a producer was 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 Tarzan for the Game Boy. Uh, no black jokes, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't ever want to see a Game Boy again. <laughs> but it works. I mean, it, it still works. It probably I mean, still works. Nokia phones still. Work. Don't add me with your Tarzan game either. Don't do it. I'm gonna at you with it. All right, let's let's keep going. Uh, Leon, you had a story for us, an update, I think. 
Yeah, we just wanted to give a quick update. Last week, we spent some time talking about, um, you know, what was going on with the state of California uh, going after Activision Blizzard. And we've seen a lot of activity this week. We saw uh, walkouts on behalf of uh, the staff. We've seen kind of the, the various kind of corporate, you know, Olivia Pope style damage control responses that, that you would expect in this. But, uh, you know, the, the, it's interesting to see that, you know, most Activision employees weren't in the weren't in the Cosby suite, and uh, and, and they, they seem to to not be okay with with what's going on in their place of uh, place of business. So uh, I think Activision would like for this to go away. Uh, but even even without the pressure of the people outside of the company within the company, uh, they've got a serious problem because their employees are standing up for for things that you know that's not an environment that they want to be a part of. Uh, I appreciate that you referenced um, Scandal, Olivia Pope and Scandal. Whenever we can get a Scandal reference into anything that we do, we can put some How to Go With Murder in there too. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, no, okay. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, like, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's really important because, like, this is going to be a story. I think that's going to, you know, we've had these, these sort of flash, uh, flash in the pan moments of, uh, you know, these these uh, scandals and these things that have popped up in the industry over the previous few years. Like I remember I was talking with a, a, a colleague um, just earlier, like, like late last week about Activision. They're like, oh yeah, when that stuff happened with Riot last year, I'm like, no, Riot was two years ago. Last year was Ubisoft and Insomniac. Right. They're like, oh yeah. I'm like, we're starting to lose track of it, right? Yeah. We also, it also shows that, uh, you know, when, I, when, I, when we get the sort of like surprise, I think we talked about this last week a little bit, we get the surprise like, man, when did things get so bad? I'm like, guys, at the very least, I mean, at the very least, we can say it's been going on the last three years. We know it's more like 30, all right? Or since the beginning of the industry or since the beginning of time. Time, time. But, <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Since the beginning uh, that men and women started working together in the same locations. We're, I don't we're, even think it's just men and women. Just, it's just... <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire up my feminist um, rant right now, but yes. <laughs> so the thing that I think is 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 exciting in this case is it's not, um, you know, it's gotten a lot of press, it's gotten a lot of attention. Um, folks are organizing around it, and and I'm hoping that this is gonna be um, it's gonna have some staying power. So so mm -hmm. we can have so we start doing more than just having conversations about it because I hear so often it's like yeah it's gonna spark a conversation. I'm like. I don't want a conversation. I want action. I've been in this industry for 20 years. And if anyone thinks this is just Activision Blizzard, let me disabuse you of that notion. It ain't, yeah. right? Yeah. Ain't. And I know that there are a lot of game companies right now that are holding their breath, just hoping, <laughs> hoping they, they can are. Fight. People they should can, be shook right now. They, they really should because, I mean, as, as you mentioned, all the times it happened in the past, it ha you know, we hear about it. But it usually is led because there's some kind of like a lawsuit that's being driven by like, you know, one of the victims or something like that. The fact that this is the state of California actually stepping in to be like, you know what, like we are stepping in to actually file the lawsuit here on behalf of the victims it's like that. That is that's pretty big. You know, yeah. so I expect us to hear about this for, you know, I expect this to be in the news for a little while. Um, if there, if there are additional updates and stuff like that, as I assume that there will be, we'll continue to give some additional updates on this. But yeah, this is this is pretty big. Um, I do hope we can actually have some meaningful action that comes from this. Um, and I do hope that, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna hold my breath, but I do hope <laughs> that other industries, other, com other companies within this industry 
take a look at this and start, you know, start like actually like reflecting and trying to see like, what can they do to adapt and fix their, fix their own culture, right? I'll, I'll tell people what they can do right now too. And this, this comes from like, not only folks who are in the industry, but folks who are outside of the industry, enthusiasts, people who play games uh, and enjoy the, enjoy the work that we do. Educate yourself about this stuff. Like, 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 honestly, like this is, uh, I, I know a lot of folks tend to take a bystander sort of approach to it. And it's really hard to, to like start talking about the, like these are, like, I feel like serious conversation. We're laughing and joking about it, but it's a serious conversation. Like this is people's livelihoods and it's their everyday. And we make video games and it should not, like you should not have to like, you know, um, compromise yourself, <laughs> compromise your safety and compromise your mental and physical health to like mm -hmm. make a video game. So for people who are in the industry, if you think it's not happening at your studio, you're wrong, it is. So please educate yourself about that. Edu like, and start to like build your, like be able to, to, to like, to like understand what it constitutes. Like when you hear stories from, from women, from non-binary folks about the types of abuse that they experience from LGBTQIA, from black and brown folks, from anyone from marginalized groups and talk about those experiences, like listen, like actually listen, don't just wait to respond, actually listen. And then you're gonna start to like build that muscle. You're gonna be able to start seeing it. And when you can see it, you can intervene because that's the really important part. Because a lot of people, like one of the most common things I hear, um, you know, in the last week is a lot of my male friends who say, oh, I've never seen this. Like I've never experienced it. It's never been anywhere where I've been. And I'm my answer to this is you're wrong. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you can't see it. Yes. So you need to learn how to see it. Yeah. Because once you can see it, you can fight it. Because we need, just like we need anti-racist, we need anti-sexist. And sexist in the game industry, sexism is rampant to the point that the state of California is suing someone over it. And yeah. they're not just like, this is not like some fly by night thing. Like, know that it's serious. And then for people who outside of the game industry, once again, educate yourself as well. Um, uh, there were people talking about don't play Blizzard games, don't play, uh, don't play um, Activision Blizzard games last week during the, the, the walkout. And that's a great way to support because like, honestly, company, like, companies respond to like the dollar, your wallet, you speak with your wallet. So like, yes, signal boost online, but it's gonna have to also come to like, like you can't just signal boost online and then be like, well, let me just go ahead and buy all these things from all these problematic developers. You, you, you really have to speak with your wallet too, which means that if we actually want change, there's gonna be some sacrifice here. So yeah, get involved in those conversations and you know, yeah. Hopefully we'll reach a mountaintop some point in my, my lifetime. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. It's next to like all those other mountaintops we're still trying to get. We're yeah, still trying to get you know, just get to a hilltop, I think. A hill. A nice plateau. Yeah, a nice plateau of field with, you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get troubles. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next story. Chuck, can you, you I think you've got a story for us. Yeah, here. I do. Uh, I want to talk about Playdate. Are y'all familiar with Playdate at all? Tell us. So Playdate is a new handheld console. It's a, a and it has a crank on it. It's made by the Panic. Panic is the publisher uh, of famous little games such as Untitled, the little Swan game. Mm. They did Firewatch and they did Nora Play with Play with Your Food, and they've done a bunch of little like apps and stuff and 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 software middleware for to help people get games on mobile platforms so they decided to partner up with teenage engineering if you're familiar with teenage engineering they made mm. one of the best synthesizers on planet earth mm. um uh, and, and samplers they made the two of the best i got one it's a street fighter sampler and they have a mega man sampler too it's really interesting <laughs> and uh, they partnered together to create this little console little yellow brick that has mm. a crank on it 
with just the direction pad and two buttons, nothing more. Looks like a looks like a Game Boy, a thinner Game Boy, and they call it the one bit system. And the screen is like black and white, and it looks really good. Well, they had a pre order yesterday. In less than twenty minutes, they were sold out. Damn. I know I couldn't get one. I was angry. It kept <laughs> it kept bang, banging me back out. I was like. I have to get one of these. And it turned and said, go. I was there trying to get it. And I just couldn't get it to go through. And I said, this is making me angry. So they Don't, don't worry. You'll be able to get one on eBay for, uh, you know, $7,000. I know so. it, right? No, Does it come I, with a PS5? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, what I ended up doing was I ended up getting one for 2022. And what makes this really interesting is every other week they're dropping the game for free. They call it Seasons. And they give you a free game to play. Nice, nice. And yeah, so yeah. by the time I get one, all the games would be out in the seasons. I can play all the games. I but just it's... saw Travis like face palming the entire time while you were talking about this new device. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you got to say about the Travis? And what makes it even better is they, they reached out and said, hey, we're looking for developers of color and marginalized communities to develop games for this system. And they really pumped it out there for independent developers to tell their stories. You ever see uh, Star Trek First Contact? Of course, yes. Where 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 uh, Alfred Woodard and Patrick Stewart are having a, you know, she's telling him to blow up the damn ship, mm-hmm. and he's like, every time we fall back, every time we fall back, you know, <laughs> every damn time there's a new console we pre-order. Every time, you know, we we pre-order. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, at some point I have to say, I'm not. I'm not pre-ordering. This is the. This is my line. This is. I, I'm. I'm. It's wrapped. You, see, you, you see, no further. I, I just don't drawn here. I, I just don't. Look, I specifically it's an open system, Travis. It's made for developers. I specifically requested not to for for people not to at me, but in, instead, look at you. You're doing it actively and in mass. Look, listen. It's amazing. All that's gonna happen is I'm gonna buy it. Play dot I'm gonna play two games and then all of a sudden I don't know where it is. But if you recall, Travis, Picard was in the wrong. <laughs> That's, That's true. Alfred Woodard was That's right. And, and she didn't tell him you broke your little ship. I could quote yes. that movie. <laughs> Now you tell you something. Just blow up the damn ship, Jean-Luc. No. That's what I'm, no. I'm blow up the, I, Hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. I blew up my pre-order. I blew up my pre-order. I don't Travis, know where Travis, it's at. Jab, Travis, just for you, check out the chat. <laughs> There's a link for you. Pre-order Make sure you it. add him. Make sure you, know you add him. Pre-order it right there, Travis. Play.date. Why do I have to crank it up? Because it's part of the game mechanics. There's games I, you play that cause you to crank. Go watch some of the videos. There are some really innovative games look, in this. I'm I am so a excited. classic gamer in that I want to save the universe with as little physical force as possible. Well, you don't, you don't have to have a lot of force. It's a little crank. It's a little crank. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm going to so, click on wait, that. Wait, can, can, I, can I just highlight one thing? Uh-huh. Travis, it's a $30 console, right? <laughs> That's well. That's all that you know. Okay, okay, Leon. You know what that means. I'm gonna have two of them in the house, and I'm not gonna know where any of them are. <laughs> buy another one. It's it's one seventy. Pre-order another one. But still, that's a far cry from anything else you can have. And you can make I, games. They like they like to sideload to it. They're like, there's no reason to jailbreak it. We just give it to you open. 
we encourage you to build onto the ecosystem. That's pretty legit. You talk about like right it. to repair, right to develop, right there, right, right to, to develop. Crank. Right to crank. Right to crank. Yeah. All right. All right. Right to crank. We what's gonna to what's gonna happen, right. Travis? They're gonna like we heard what Travis said. And for every one that somebody buys, we give one to a school. I tell you what, I tell you what, tell you what. Tell you what. This is this this will be if I get it, it'll be because it supports Bluetooth audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's gonna get one though. Watch, watch us not. My word, he'll get one. Yeah. So, I think it's about Bluetooth audio. It does do you hear me, Nintendo? <laughs> okay, let's go on to our next uh-huh. story today. I think you have something for us. Oh, I do have a story, real quick. So, uh, the news, uh, it hit the news just recently, reported by GameStop, sorry, GameSpot. Sorry, I don't know why I made that mistake. GameSpot, um, an, a, an EA exec. Uh, so that the game, the term gamer is outdated and basically useless. Now, when I saw this news permeating the newsosphere, there was a whole bunch of outrage about this concept of like, I can't believe EA is saying that the term gamer has no usage. And I said, hmm, there's got to be more context around this. And there was, <laughs> there was more context. What the, what the actual quote was this, and this was talking to uh, Electronic Arts VP Elle McCarthy. Uh, She's like VP of brand over EA. So she said, actually the quote was that, gaming is really no longer a medium or an industry. It's simply interactive. She actually described it as being like music or books, like, uh, or like she said, if you still say you're trying to target gamers, that's like trying to say you're targeting people who breathe air. So people really took Mm. this quote out of context they took it as like oh she's saying that like gamers aren't like like that they gamers aren't worth anything anymore like no she's saying that gaming is so ubiquitous that talking about targeting gamers is actually not just not specific enough when you're trying to build out a marketing marketing yeah yeah it doesn't make sense because target everybody everyone games my my 72 year old mom games my my 72 year old dad definitely games he games more than everyone on this call by the way um like my aunt games like like everybody plays games nowadays and this is so different than like you know 5 10 15 years ago when yeah. the term gamer actually meant oh i'm i specifically this is a hobby that i have but now when it's a hobby that everyone has is it is it useful to even describe it as a you know to even ascribe an identity to it uh, the other thing that's interesting that she mentioned uh, in, in you know defending the, the or I shouldn't say defending, but in in uh, adding additional context to the statement was she said that did you know that only fourteen percent of players self-identify as gamers, and as low as six percent for women. And so if we're thinking about the term gamer and we're only targeting gamers or people who self-identify as gamers, we're probably leaving out a whole bunch of people who actually play games. Mm-hmm. What, what you should be targeting, say, I'm targeting people that don't game. Yeah, that's, 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 that's an approach, right? If, if, yeah. you're, if your goal is to build the audience, but even still, even if your goal is not to build the audience, if your goal is just, hey, I want to just sell my product to people who play games, but you word it as like, I want to sell my product to gamers. Like gamers has a specific connotation on it. It has a specific meaning in a lot of people's minds. Like, you know, I've said before, I think we've had some conversations on our, uh, over on Clubhouse and stuff. I don't really refer to myself as a gamer anymore because that has different connotations that just don't feel like they match my life. And I make games <laughs> and you can see in that closet yeah. back there, there's like, I don't know, 50 different game consoles and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I don't consider myself a gamer because that, I don't know, it feels like too narrow of a term for what I do yeah. or what I enjoy or how I experience games nowadays. I, I think you really 
have to be careful about this particular minefield and what you call things. And, and the, the thing that I would say is about 10, 11 years ago, executives at NBC said, you know, we don't like the name the Sci-Fi Channel. We're going to rename it the SIFI Channel, S-Y-F-Y. And we're going to stop having award-winning awesome shows like Battlestar Galactica and replace them with more broad experiences like wrestling and Sharktopus. And, and obviously this did not work out well for the Sci-Fi Channel, but go pass forward to we get Game of Thrones, right? A show that likely would have been on the Sci-Fi Channel given its content, but it went to HBO and became massively successful. And now the Sci-Fi Channel is trying to desperately say we're sorry and get the audience back, right? Because they realize, oh, and now, and even, even when they're doing shows like The Expanse, they can't even keep The Expanse. The Expanse yep. ends up on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you gotta be careful about distancing, your, distancing yourselves from that core, because it can blow up. Well, so I don't think they're saying they're distancing themselves from the core so much as they're saying, what is the core? Like, yeah. let's really take a look and see, like, when we say gamer, oftentimes we think of like uh, a 14 to 24 year old male who plays Call of Duty, Madden, maybe Overwatch. Mm -hmm. That's about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not playing like a Plague Tale or 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 playing um, Oberdin. You're not playing games on mobile, which I think our conversation later is going about mobile. So I don't necessarily think this is saying, hey, let's redefine what, like, let's, redefine what gamers are i think it's taking a step back and especially in the context of a company like ea which is a really big billion dollar company that's been around for four decades hey are we actually targeting the audience that we think we are and yeah. it feels like that's something that does need to be challenged because i'm a gamer my sister is a gamer everyone on this call is a gamer but when most folks think of the term gamer i'm not a gamer i just crush a lot <laughs> No one on this call comes to mind, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the other thing is like, I mean, so if you look at what the ESA, like uh, what their their st their statistics say, that 220 million Americans play games. It's like 220 million out of like 350 million people play games. That's a, that's the vast majority of Americans play games. Yes. So it's like, if you say I'm targeting gamers, like, what does that mean? It's like, I'm saying, it's like, I, I kind of agree with what, um, you know, EA mm -hmm. said in terms of like, if you're just looking at it from a, I'm targeting, you know, this specific segment, I think I, I, I'm, I dropped it in here in the chat to say like, it's kind of like Marvel saying we're targeting moviegoers. It's like, <laughs> what does yeah. that mean? Everyone watches movies, mean? Yes. Oh, you well, know? So I don't think there's a problem with them targeting specific segments, but I think that they do need to be like, we, we can't just look at it and be like, I'm targeting gamers because it's not a niche anymore. You know, it, they need to actually look at like and say, oh, you know what? We're trying to broaden the yeah. base. Or and we want to actually reach out to women. We want to reach out to this segment or whatever. It just needs to be a little more nuanced, I think. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, it, it, and, and maybe that's because- Travis of is like nuanced, nah. <laughs> maybe I'm getting older here, you know, once again, you know, it's, it's, I feel like every damn day I wake up, like there's a new war on language, you know, um, in, in a way where I find it increasingly difficult to communicate with people just because I don't know what shit means nowadays, right? Like, um, if you are targeting, if you are targeting gamers, then you're targeting gamers, you're targeting people who play games, like, Armageddon is targeted for moviegoers. What does that mean? If your if your tail is in a theater, you're my target. If you're pressing A to continue, you're my target. If that's what you intend, 
there's no reason why you can't have subdivisions of, of, of gamers or, or, you know, or, or you can continue to sort of, you know, uh, hone in on a particular market as, as far as gamers are concerned. But there are, I know this is hard to believe, there are people who don't play games. There yes, are. There are. Hundred million. There Some are. of them there are, are in my family. America. Yeah, and binge worthy. Johnny <laughs> yeah. Randolph refuses to play any video games. See, so, 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 so what like, I'm saying is, today. is that I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that term, you know, I don't think it's wrong. It may be less precise, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong, right? Um, because you know, yeah, I'm a gamer, but I don't want to collect Pokemon. Yes, I mean, we that, talked about that Pokemon park, Travis. I know you're going to that Pokemon park. <laughs> I know you it's cute, man. It was so cute. Except Meowth. Except Meowth. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, That's right. I mean, I, I'll say this. I think, I think probably why there was probably such a strong reaction to it is that a lot of people view gamer as an identity. And they feel like if you're saying you're not targeting gamers, you're not targeting, then you're not targeting me anymore. Whereas I don't think that's what the lady was saying. I think what she was saying was, hey, no, we just need to actually understand that we we have reached part of the mountaintop, at least for gaming, right? It became ubiquitous. It, we expanded the, the base. It's what we always wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's what, what we wanted, right? And now we just have to figure out a way to like, to actually understand that like, not everybody who plays games actually calls themselves a gamer or actually considers themselves a gamer sometimes like the only thing you play is like on you know your your cell phone or whatever and and then you know of course you get into the whole like argument around like casual gamers versus hardcore gamers and a lot of gatekeeping and stuff that kind of goes on there so i think that this is gonna be a good you know this is a good segue i think to kind of go into our, our long topic discussion here because the concept of like what constitutes a gamer versus like what that person actually is playing i think this is going to be a good you know, good place to kind of move into our long topic um, right now, actually. So mm -hmm. let us talk a little bit about this, right? We said we're going to talk about the mobile gaming industry. Um, and basically, you know, what is a gamer as, you know, as defined, I guess, with like, you know, mobile gaming, console gaming, PC gaming, I don't want to leave PC gaming out. <laughs> and like how we kind of view like, you know, people who play games in the type. You forgot a type of gamer. Oh, what, what type did I play? Board gamer. Board, this is also true, right? Board, board gamer, gamer, yeah. Analog gamer. Analog yeah, analog, gamer. analog gamer. They do very books true. and boards. We're actually having a board game night tonight too, so. Uh, <laughs> yep, the other gamer. side of this closet is full of board games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, analog so, gamers. Yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit, right? Because let, first, I'd like to start off by talking a little bit about, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about like, you know, what constitutes a gamer in, in general, right? And like, you know, that that term and how sometimes, you know, I said some people view it as an identity, you know, and, and, and uh, so I understand why there's um, resistance towards like, you know, when somebody kind of speaks out about it. But then there's also those segments within it which are kind of a little bit of gatekeeping and lots of times they're often around the types of games people play. So does someone want to talk a little bit about like the concept of like quote unquote hardcore gaming, casual gaming? Let's let's kick the kick this off a little bit. Look, you know, when you start talking about hardcore gaming and you start talking about casual gaming, um, you know, it's 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 always this measuring contest that you get into uh, yeah. after a while. Like, you know, what does it what does it mean? Right. And and for me, um, you know, and, and it's a personal beef of mine, you know, when when people who say, 
oh, I've been playing Final Fantasy ever since like, you know, the first one and so on and so forth. So I'm a diehard RPG player. And I'm like, shut up, fool. I was playing Chainmail, like, you know, which which precursored, you know, Dungeons and Dragons on the analog side. So you don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to RPGs, right? And it's always this one upsman ship that 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 comes into play and i you know and i feel like i should you know uh summon my you know inner rodney king here and say can you know can't can't can we all just get along (laughs) i mean i i think uh i mean yeah and this this goes into like what i was talking about like i don't describe myself as a gamer because gamer has a very narrow sort of definition typically within at least within the marketing space i'm glad marketing folks are asking that question but I mean, I think the, like, it's interesting because, you know, I've worked in console games, I've worked in mobile games and in the console space, um, there's this, there's this perception that mobile games are just, they're just cookie clickers. They're just, they're just uh, gotcha pwn. They're just like, they're just ways they'll get you to open your wallet. Like, you know, they're not real games. And funny, funny enough, in the mobile space, there's an opposite elitism that says, oh, psh, you, what, you really want to work on a game for like seven years only to watch it fail? Like you guys are so hit driven that like basically half your companies are going to go under. So good luck, right? So there's this, it's funny because- They're both a, right. They're, they're both right <laughs> is the funny part about it. <laughs> they're absolutely both right. You know, like we lived through like the console wars of like the 90s, like the, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't kind of thing, right? Where we're like, people were just like at, at each other's throat. You get people who were so attached to a particular console, it became part of their identity. Like, no, I play I play on Sega. Oh, you're horrible. I can't believe you don't play Mario. Like it became like a thing. Yeah, it's for quite still a thing. It is, but- It's I, still I like a it. thing. People are like, you got a PS5? No, I'm like, I don't get the Xbox X series. It was like- <laughs> I was gonna What's, ask if it's still why a thing. not have both? Like, why would I, I get stopped, both? You have to choose it the side. Being a thing for you me for a long time ago. I just want to play cool games on whatever yeah. platform I manage to be able to find at a store. But I, I was wondering, like, is that still a thing? Like, are people besides the it PC is. It master is race thing. questionable I, I, term? <laughs> is it still a thing? Yes. Leon. I, I think that that we can't separate this from the economics of how these platforms came to be, right? So if you look at PC games, right? Early PC games, you had to be a bit of a propeller head to actually get those things going, right? Like if you've ever played the original Wing Commander, the whole game of configuring your autoexec.bat and your config.sys, that was the game you had to play before you could even start yep. the right? On, on just getting that expanded memory going, right? So, so What yes. you're saying is you weren't using a Mac. <laughs> yeah. No. So so yes, PC games historically have lended themselves to people that were a little more hardcore because they were willing to go through so much pain just to get the game going in the first place, right? You have you have console games. You look at console games are strictly regula- regulated ecosystems by the platform owner. If you don't have that encryption key from Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony, you ain't publishing that product. So yeah. they're able to really uh, kind of control what gets in the marketplace and they can limit the number of titles. So instead of facing 5,000 titles, maybe there's only 30 titles for that holiday season. So that's why they can hit that 50 to $80 for a single title. Mm-hmm. Then you've got mobile games. When mobile games launched, right? Remember 
First, people were trying to charge reasonable amounts of money for their applications, five to ten dollars. Then that went down to a dollar, and then it went down to zero. So now that lends itself to smaller experiences because you can't spend unless you're making Genshin Impact. You can't spend five million dollars on a mobile game. You will lose your shirt. Given that most mobile operators, I think Casual Connect a few years back, they were saying the average income from a mobile game was like three to four hundred dollars. That's probably right? what Casual Connect is. Which is uh, Casual Connect, uh, I believe it's still going on, is a, a, a developer conference uh, focused around, around mobile titles in particular. And you get a lot of people kind of telling the story. So this is, this is how we got to this free-to-play moment uh, for mobile titles in particular, because it was an effective way to get revenue. Um, uh, whereas, you know, nobody wanted to, to spend more than a, than a dollar when they were buying a game. So I think the economics have shaped the silos that we see today quite a bit you know that's a really good uh good place there um leon for us to throw a segment in here which is called do you have free to play money you have free to play money (laughs) i mean i actually yeah do you have free to play money i mean what do you mean like you're talking about like a lot of these mobile companies they were trying to be competitive you know i personally remember when i saw plants versus zombies you know when that popped up on my you know my mobile i could get it for 99 cents I saw what popped up on my 3DS. It was $7.99. I'm like, this is the same game. I'm not paying $7.99 for it, <laughs> right? But you also do see like, you know, that a lot of the mobile company, a lot of mobile game companies, like they, they are using a free-to-play model. Um, and I mean, it, that can be very difficult, um, you know, for, for uh, developers, but it also can be very, you know, controversial for consumers, right? I mean, I, I myself has mentioned before where I'm like, I have games on my phone you know, if it's a free-to-play game, I have a rule. I will not pay anything. <laughs> I don't. I don't pay consumables. I, I work as hard as I can. I'm just like I work as hard as I can to not spend anything. So I'm like, I feel like that's a little challenge for myself. But if they charge me up front, I was like, I would pay that up front. I would pay, you know, probably ten or fifteen dollars for some of these games. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, you know, how does this impact? You know, how is this impacting from the dev side? How is this impacting from the consumer side? I feel like Travis here? doesn't have any opinions on this. Yeah, Travis, what do you think? I know that you have something to say. <laughs> I, know whatsoever. I know you got something to say here. Travis, because... have, you ever, have you ever made a mobile game, Travis? <laughs> yeah. <I've> made... <laughs> um, so I remember, you know, not that long ago, or, or maybe it was. It was over 20 years ago. That's a long uh, time ago. Are you in Mortal Vampire, Travis? The twenty years some, ago was not some long some ago? some no, kids no, were born. Look, kids like were born twenty years ago. First of all, I like cocoa butter. I'm reclaiming my time. Almost, I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming. <laughs> my time. Um, now, um, there used to be these, you know, four or five game giants, really, of of which EA was one of them back in the day. Obviously, you got Nintendo and and Sega back in the day, and, and, and so on and so forth. And every game cost $60, okay? When games cost $60, $60 wasn't a lot to pay for a game that was dope, okay? It is an extraordinary amount of money to pay for a game that is not dope, okay? Um, and um, everyone, I mean, if, if you think that games lacked innovation now, okay, it was worse back then, okay? because it was even more hit driven and there was no middle. There was no Metacritic and there was no Twitter. Yeah, but, there was but, no but there was, but Sinead, there was no middle. There was, there was a, there, you know, there, there, you either a hit or, or go away. 
yep. right? And a lot of times, uh, you know, it was because our industry was afraid of innovation. It was afraid of it was afraid of doing anything new and inventive because no one wanted to fund it. No one. I know one thing. Okay? You better get your play, play date order pre-order up right now. <laughs> now, now, and we used to we used to ask ourselves too, like, hey, should we charge less maybe for the game or something like that? And then it was sort of like, what's wrong with your game because it's not yeah. sixty bucks. Right. Yeah. Um, and so no one wanted to buy it because there was this perception that your game was subpar because it wasn't at the top tier of pricing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. now, you know, to further prove my point that you can't please nobody, you can't give games away now before people start getting on your nerves about the fact that, oh, now your game's free. Well, your game is free now. Okay, so now it doesn't take an expenditure of capital from you to actually try a new experience. And you know what? If you like it, you can do exactly what Shanae told us to do earlier in this show, which is vote with your dollars. Okay, if you like something, give it money, give it the ability to breathe, give it the ability to be awesome. And if you do, okay, then the market will reward you for it, right? So yes, Cherie, you can definitely play a game and your metagame could be not to give it one red dime, okay? <laughs> and if that's fun for you, then you have gotten exactly what you needed to out of that experience, right? I, I now, will say in my defense, I, I do watch a whole lot of ads. I was gonna say the ads pay for it. <laughs> I watch a ton of ads. Because I don't know. Well, well, see, then, then you are paying, you know, yeah, and, and, so that's, and, and so that's the thing, right? People don't understand, like, you rather you know, pay, watch the ads and just give it five dollars. Like, you know, people don't know, like Snapchat, you know, like uh, Gmail, like these, these, uh, these things aren't free. You just don't know how you're paying for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so but if that if, if, if you're paying for them in a way that seems equitable and, 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 and cool for you, then go ahead. And, 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 and I want to close out my soapbox by saying I pirated a lot of EA games back in the day. <laughs> a lot of them, which is probably why I never worked for them because I feel like there's a stain on my soul as far as EA is concerned. And they probably <laughs> see me coming now. Now with that in mind, when I play a game, okay, and it is good, I feel obligated to actually give those people who entertain me for X amount of time money because I feel like that's a proper exchange for the amount of enjoyment that I got. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, then I feel like I should send you my Venmo, Travis, because I know I've given you <laughs> many years of entertainment and I have not seen one red cent for the entertainment I have that's, left. That's very I true. Say I, did, that I, did, I, did, I did I did send Leon money for entertainment though. I know. Yeah. I remember yeah to restart the conversation. What? Yeah. Uh -huh. he, well, Leon, Leon decided that he wanted to, you know, he, he said, look, Travis, if I'm going to have this argument with you about DLC, okay, I require some payment, you know, like a, a dollar payment so I could do it. So I, 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 I Apple paid him a dollar. <laughs> it did. It did. I, saw, I saw it happen. Yeah. So here's a, tricky, here's a tricky thing for me on this, by the way, because I agree with you. Like, I want to be able to support developers, particularly for a game that I play for like a long time. Um, I don't like paying for accelerators, you know? I said, I, that's that's like my own little thing where I'm like, okay, if this is a level, like I feel like if this level should be formulated so I can I can beat it without having to pay for accelerators. So I don't, 
But it's like, but if there's like a place where it's just like, hey, you know, if you're liking our game, give us this amount of money. I would do that. But you, most of the time, these games are kind of like, they either make you watch ads or they're just, you're paying for accelerators or some other way to kind of like, that gives you boosts in the games. And so like, or if they ask me to pay for money up front, you know, pay, you know, pay up front to get the game. I'll do that. But like, it's tricky for me to be like, you know, for me to find other ways to support those particular companies other than I give them tons of ad revenue. Like I said, I've watched so many ads. I was playing a game last night and I was like, I can't. All right, let me just watch an ad here. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask one simple question before we continue, though, and it's yeah. important. Okay. Now, I want everyone to visualize their favorite game. Okay. And points where that favorite game has given them frustration to the point where they consider putting it down. Right. Now, if you could buy your way past that point, would you? No, it actually, depends. It depends. I, 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 well, I mean, my favorite games are Legend of Zelda, which this room is covered in and stuff like that. Um, I would probably actually stop playing the game before I would buy my way past that point. Mm. And it's not, it's not a moral thing. I think it's absolutely fine for some people to, to buy their way past that point. Like, I'm not judging anyone else who makes that decision. Like, there, there's a lot of folks who get upset with the whole idea of like exchanging time for money, but time is money. Mm. And you know, some folks have more time, some folks have more money and both people should be able to enjoy an experience. For me, I like to, like, I like the challenge of it. And I would probably actually put the game down before I would, before I would buy my way past it. That said, if someone else wants to pay, buy the way past it, go for it. Like, this is a yeah. game. We're supposed to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever allows you to continue having fun. I, I, I think here's, here's kind of the, the issue I have. Now, first off, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that developers need to get paid and they need to eat. Right. So, so I, I, I get the reason why we're seeing this hustle is because that's exactly what it is. People are trying to find some way to make this work. That said, my issue is, you know, I don't mind paying that bit of money up front. For example, I've had games where I've been hit with ads and all things and they'll say, Hey, you just want to give us $10 and we'll stop being jerks. And, and yes. Right. Like if I'm enjoying the game, I, I happily give them that $10 and enjoy the experience. My issue with these type of games, and the reason why I don't like so many of them is that as a game designer, your objective is to make an experience that is sticky and it is fun. And you're trying to encourage people to stay within that game loop and within that compulsion loop and keep going. A good free to play game is the opposite. It throws up roadblocks just as soon as that game gets fun. Like, oh, did you put that wall down in Dungeon Keeper? Well, this is going to be 72 hours before that wall completes. Unless you pay <laughs> cents, right? Or, or there's some consumable or, oh, oh, you died. You're not going to be able to play again till tomorrow. So right when the game's getting good, that's when they're hitting you up for cash. And I do not like that as a game mechanic. But, but is that a problem with like mobile games or is that just bad game design? It's yes. not bad it's not bad game design at all. I mean, you know, what it is 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 that when you have a when you have a market that that is founded upon uh, you know uh, a supply and demand uh, dynamic that is completely controlled by you, okay, you have to have some means in which you can turn those levers to to see how your economy works. I mean, that's not that's not bad game design, that's superior game design. I mean, you know, it, it's it's like if if I'm telling you that in order to make this salad you need lettuce, um, 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back on the lettuce. I mean, I, I just, I just saw the look on Leon's face when you said it was superior game design, and I yeah, thought it, it, it depends, once, again, <laughs> once again, it depends. It, it depends on what you're trying to what you're trying to accomplish, yeah. right? And 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 I think that you know scarcity of goods is exactly how you 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 do supply and demand. Now, normally nature does it. This time, it's our algorithm. Deal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. Uh, to go along with your analogy, it's kind of like it's, but I think it's more like, hey, you need to make a salad. You need lettuce. It's more like, I need to make a salad. Go plant some lettuce and come back in seventy-two hours. And then you can, then you can use the lettuce. But I mean, I'll say this: I'm kind of curious for other folks because I played a lot. I played a lot of those time management games, you know, where or time sync games, whichever you want, <laughs> whichever you want to call it. And what I would do is when I ran into something like that, I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna switch to the next game. <laughs> you know, I started playing another game and yeah. I run into a block there, go to my next one. And it actually worked out for me because I could just jump from game to game and come back and be like, oh yeah, my lettuce is ready. <laughs> and, and, is and God bless you about. for thinking that you're smarter than the game designers. But, for, but for that, see, you know, this the, is the point I was wondering do. about whether or not that qualifies as bad game design in some degrees, because what you basically did, like if, like I completely agree with you, Travis. Like, like part of like whole part, like part of the entirety of like game design. Some of the precepts are are push and pull, right? Like it's giving people challenges that they feel like they can overcome, and then rewarding them. It's that whole, it's that design loop, that core loop, that compulsion loop. But when you're when you're your challenges and when your roadblocks are so harsh, like seventy two hours, seventy two hours, give right. me like one hour or two hours. If it's too harsh, you just push someone out of your ecosystem completely because she just. And, and on, a, on a mobile device, it is super freaking easy to get like get out of the ecosystem. Well, Shanae, it depends on what. It, well, I mean, you know, see, it's 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 very good for you guys to defend it. You know, this this argument when you when you when you say it's seventy two hours without saying what these seventy two hours are, right? I so mean, that no was game the, designer. That was the, yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is is what I'm saying is no good game designer gives you seventy two hours. Of 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 uh, you know like this then, this takes seventy two hours without it being some bomb stuff that happens. But that's what I said. I said hours, is that right? because I if said you don't, that that's bad, bad game design. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. Agreed with I me, mean, everybody. All right. <laughs> to be that's honest, I, I mean, like, I, I guess I guess it depends on what you're trying to get out of these different mobile experiences. You know, lots of times I play a lot oh. of these mobile games, like right right as I crawl into bed, and I'm like, eh. You know, I'll play a little bit of this or whatever. Oh, it's gonna block me. I'll go to something else. I'm gonna fall asleep during one of these games, anyways. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I just so made like, I, I, like, I, like, I mean, whether it's good or bad design, like, it, it doesn't really. Like, I guess it doesn't bug me either way. I don't really think about it as good design or bad design per se, because of, I guess it's just the way I play. It works with the way I play because it drives me to something else, and I'll come back to it because I know that a lot of these games are trying to kind of get you to either like buy an accelerator. You know, and that's the way they do it is like, hey, you put this thing down, it's gonna take like two hours to build it, you know. No, <laughs> you no, can pay what? this amount to like speed it up. I you know, you know it's not I'm not that attached to it. Sorry, go ahead, Leon. Yeah, one thing that's really interesting about that, right? Like if you look at the latest iPhones and things like that, there is a tremendous amount of horsepower in these phones, which in many cases is being wasted on free to play games that are just timers, right? It's just a big collection of time where you're wasting all this power. Now contrast that 
with what you're looking with Apple and their gaming gaming subscription, I'm finding a much richer ecosystem and interesting games on that platform because the game isn't completely designed about extracting a dollar from you every five minutes. It's actually about a good solid game and compulsion loop that wants to keep you playing as opposed to not keeping you to the to do the purchase thing. So to me, it's it's a it's a better environment. See, Leon just gave you a perfect example of game snobbery. Yep, I sure did. Right? Like, and, 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 and you know, and, and the thing about it is, is like, for example, I, I give you my case of, uh, of game snobbery, right? Like, I don't really, I, I don't really dig on Roblox or, or, or Minecraft because visually I just don't like them. You know, I don't. And, but, you know, there are millions of people who do, right? Um, and, and, they pay handsomely to play yeah. in that environment, right? Yeah. Um, and so games, being a gamer, means that you're going to like everything from Star Citizen, God bless, you know, to, to Minecraft, right? Um, and, and, and with that in mind, look, everybody's dollar more or less spends the same, right? Mm -hmm. So once again, I think we all should just try to get along. <laughs> and on that note and on that note we're going to close up our show we're all going to get along we're going to give ourselves hugs big hugs right here and you know what i want to give a shout out to digital click for doing all the creative they provide for each and every one of our shows and if you want to learn more about our show tech nubians hit up our website that's www.technubians.com t-e-c-h-n-0-0 B-I-A-N-S.com. Please mm. follow us here on Twitch. And if you like our vibe, and we know you do, please uh, subscribe to the channel. And subscribe if you want to hear about anything else, uh, game development or everything geek, subscribe to the Geekish Network. Please follow us on all socials. We're on all major platforms. Um, tonight, there's going to be Pod Squadron. Make sure you check them out. And tomorrow is Nerdtastic. So thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you next week. Peace.